0: Hello, and welcome to Mentally in Pajamas with Eve Fox, a judgment-free zone for people who suffer or have suffered from depression, anxiety, isolation, addiction, and everything in between, or know someone who does. Today, we have Jacqueline Shawless, AKA the Excitable Introvert. She is the founder of Awesome Enterprise LLC, executive director of the National Center for Intersectional Studies, and author of international best-selling books, "Embrace Your Awesome," and "Yes, Introverts Can," she's also been featured in numerous media outlets, including Forbes, Dr. Oz, International Business Times, Romper, Market Watch, and Nerd Wallet, all while honoring her introversion. Welcome to Mentally in Pajamas, Miss Charlotte, or may I call you Jacqueline?
1: Yeah, Jacqueline's fine.
0: Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Um, we initially met and spoke like about two weeks ago prior to our conversation in order to get to know one another. And um we discussed a lot about introversion. See, this how you're an introvert. And when I read your bio and when I see what all you've accomplished as being an introvert, I was like, "Wow, you have a lot to offer regarding women such as myself who do suffer from introversion. Um, and I was hoping that pro- that you could possibly give us some information and some tools to put off in our kit as to how to maneuver through this thing called life while being a woman of color and an introvert
1: as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love helping women to see that their introversion isn't something that they need to fix or overcome, that it is the key to unlock everything that in fact they're wanting to accomplish, but it requires us leaning into it and not becoming someone else. So yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation.
0: Yes. Um, I had never really viewed myself as a introvert it's not anything that we as people of color really talk about too much per se it's always uh they're shy mm-hmm. or they're stuck up
1: mm-hmm.
0: or yeah. uh it's always it kind of leans towards a negative, the negative side of the spectrum. And um, on one of my podcasts, I discuss how I learn how to maneuver through corporate America, and how being an introvert can interfere with your ability to get a promotion, and uh, because. You don't want to go to social gatherings that, that the company may be having, uh, with you being an introvert and by you like being a best-selling author and you've gone to 20 countries and you've done so many things, how were you able to do that and embrace yourself as being an introvert? Did you, when did you, okay, first question, when did you realize you were an introvert?
1: I I never really associated with the term introvert. And I find that that's pretty consistent with a lot of introverts Um, because I'm not shy, I'm not anxious, I'm not antisocial, but I do need time away from stimulation. I am perfectly happy with reading a book and diving in solitude and enjoying that space because it recharges me. That part I've always been clear about. what's what's become very curious (laughs) over the years is exactly what you said there are so many places not only within our family dynamics but within society as a whole that looks at introversion as an affliction like it's a burden to bear (laughs) it's something to get over which is absolutely incorrect introversion is just the descriptor for a person who internally processes stimulation. So for us introverts and for those of us who are closer to that side of the engagement spectrum, we need time away from everything that's going on because we're taking in everything that's happening. We're taking in what's being said, what's being said by who, how they're reacting, whether we should react, what should our reaction be, where are the ramifications of react? We're doing all of this mental juggling with every interaction. And so of course we need time away from that to kind of sort through um, what our thoughts actually are as opposed to trying to figure out what the world is. And so that aspect of it only became quite more clear late part of my high school career. I knew early on from a child that there were certain things that I would do. My childhood aspiration in kindergarten was to be a New York Times bestselling author. Um, So I've always had like kind of big ideas, forget being a fireman or a doctor, none of that. That was my goal. And so I knew very early on, I would be on stages, I would be traveling the world, I would be writing books no clue where it came from, no idea why. And when I was in high school, I had an opportunity to really shift my perspective prior to that kind of shift i had already accomplished quite a few things i had published my first book i had an opportunity to be a guest columnist at one of our local newspapers i had been on television locally i'd done these different things but i still hadn't embraced this quiet side i hadn't embraced this reflective side and so this opportunity with me going to a different school, I was recruited um, to join a debate team for a completely different school. It was a blank slate. I knew no one there (laughs) except for the coach who recruited me. And so I took that moment, like if I was to be that person who's in my head, what would that look like? What would she do? I mean, I know if I'm going to speak on these stages as uh, stadiums of people, you know, if I'm going to be doing that, I need to be in front of people. (laughs) If I'm going to write books, I need to write and let people see it. So what can I say yes to that fits with this kind of mental mind me? That's how it all started. I still operate from that space. Like if this is the goal I have in mind, I see perfectly clear what I want to accomplish. If that is true, and I believe it is, what do I need to say yes to? How can, what, what would that even look like? Like, what, what's, what is that like? And, you know, just coming from that playful space it opened up opportunities for me to embrace those different skills along the way. So whereas before me being quiet and reflective may have been looked at as, you know, in in my family is, why don't you put down a book and go outside? (laughs) Like, why are you like over here away from people? You need to go talk to folks. Instead of it being something that's diminishing, now that reflective side I could use in my speeches. I had a way of channeling those skills into a way that was beneficial, as opposed to me just being able to take in everything that's going on and observe what's happening. Now I could apply that to like being in the school play. I can apply that empathy into this character. Now there are these different ways I was being able to, and I didn't realize it at the time that this is what I was doing was interweaving my introversion into what I was doing. Hindsight, (laughs) that's what I was doing. And so that's really the key for a number of introverts, and I know we're going to come back to this point, but when we're thinking about within our careers, like as adults, we have all of these responsibilities, all these things that we need to do. That is absolutely true. And also, we can't sacrifice ourselves trying to meet someone else's dream, because one, Our dream doesn't get fulfilled, but more importantly, somebody is waiting for us to fulfill our dream so that they then can be seen. They can feel respected. They can feel like someone gets it. And we all have had people who have inspired us, whether they're an introvert or not, they had to go through some things and they had to shift how they saw themselves in order to show up but because they showed up, we are different, we are better. We get to not only change our own narrative, but then how we operate with everyone else changes. And that's a gift for introverts.
0: Yes, yes, it it most definitely is. Um, Was it hard for you to kind of like mix and mingle with people regarding uh, your career as far as like with colleagues and everything when you were in corporate America?
1: I was very selective, (laughs) very selective. Is that that how you say that you ditch out on things and like just don't show up that you're very selective? Um, I was highly selective (laughs) about the spaces that I would occupy because it's necessary. I mean, for us introverts, we can't go to everything because it it is detrimental to us. Mentally, physically, emotionally, we can't do it. So if that is true, and it is, how do we pick and choose the places to best show up? You can't just totally avoid going to things, unfortunately. Um, when, When you're working for someone else or even working with other people, you do need to engage them, but you do get a say in how you manage that engagement, how you manage that time. So you may not be able to opt out a situation like there are certain parties i couldn't opt out of going to these gatherings that would have been my preference i don't like y'all enough to be here i didn't want to be here anyway and now i have to show up i can't even opt out (laughs) so in those types of situations what i can control i can't control all of of the rest of this i can control who i engage with so maybe i have like this one person that i can have a conversation with and i can engage them maybe i can tell a few jokes and kiki a little bit with my boss so that my boss knows that i'm there and then i'm moving away like i i might find a cozy corner i might find like the bathroom i might find a back door to hang out by i have to be away from that because even just being in those spaces Nobody's bothering me. No one's talking to me. It's draining because there's so much going on. And I'm taking in all of that. And I'm trying, I didn't want to have to deal with this. And now that I'm here, there's everything. What do I do? Physically, our brains can't do that. They're not wired that way. So you have to be strategic. You have to say, these are some things that I'm willing to go to. I can't go to everything. And to your point, one of the things that I found like just in my research and conversations with different women as women of color who are introverted particularly for black women, that is often used against us. The fact that it is draining for us to be in these spaces of high stimulation of high engagement that then becomes like the code for, oh, well, she doesn't know what she's doing. So I don't need to include her in these decisions oh, she doesn't wanna hang out and have drinks with us. Well, that must mean that she doesn't want to do some other leadership. There are these completely incorrect uh, assumptions that are made specifically towards women of color and even more for black women. These assumptions are not applied to white women to the same extent, and they're not applied to introverted men. These are very unique experiences. And so it means that we all the more have to be intentional about our time, being mindful of what we need to do to recharge. If you need to get yourself in a space mentally to be engaged, you gotta do that. For me, it was going into the bathroom for those five minutes, breathing it out, being soothing thoughts, like mentally thinking of who are the two or three people that I will engage with. Those two are, I'm gonna find my two, three people, I'm out, That's that's it unless I somehow get involved in a conversation that begins to recharge me. Because for us introverts, it's not being around people that's draining, it's the stimulation. It's just too much stuff to sort through. If we can make a connection with someone and they're now, now they're talking our language, we can get into the meat of the matter, like none of this like fluffy la da talk, let's, let's talk about life and what we've been through and oh, where's the world going? And what about this topic? I never knew when we are in those spaces. Oh my gosh, it's like pouring water on a plant. We flourish in those. We are so energized by those. And so finding those spaces and creating those spaces, um, especially when you have to socialize within the social space,
0: it makes all the difference. Absolutely all the difference. I know that was a lot. <laughs> no, no. Um, it was right on point because everything that you said, I've been there done that you know i mean it's like it takes a few days if not a week or so for me to mentally prepare to go to an event with Mm -hmm. people because i'm not a small talk type of person Mm -hmm. uh i don't like chitter chatter i I like facts Mm -hmm. Uh, when you said you were on the debate team, that's a fact driven thing, you know? And um, I'm the type of person that will look at a person like, why are you even talking to me? And I don't don't mean (laughs) to look that way, you know? But it's like, (laughs) what exactly are you talking about? There are so more... Other topic, you know, many other topics of importance that we could be talking about as opposed it's to like
1: you right. said so much and nothing at the same time. What am I supposed to do?
0: Exactly. These,
1: these are five minutes on my deathbed I won't have because of this meaningless I conversation. I, I could have been in
0: the <laughs> yes. car, you know, in the parking lot, buckled up and pulling out the parking lot by now, as opposed to standing here um looking at you. And I've been told that by people who know me well. It's like mm-hmm. my facial expressions give me away and I think I've kind of always been like that and uh, I have to stop it because we think before we speak Mm -hmm. and some people speak before they think
1: yes that's how extroverts operate they have to talk through their external processors they have to talk through their thoughts in order to make a point and it's frustrating for us introverts because when we're talking we are talking because there's something worth saying there's something worth hearing i'm not just going to talk just to hear hear myself extroverts will just talk to hear themselves because they're trying to figure out what's happening so if you're in a space where there are all of these extroverts or at least people who are more on the extroverted side and as an introvert you're having a conversation with them they're talking all of this like this doesn't even make sense what are you talking Oh, because they're, they're sorting through their world. And by the time they get to the end, there is a point, there is a purpose by the time they get to the end. But because we're taking in all of the everything that came before, we just like depleted by like 25% waiting for them to get to the point. And they didn't know that they had a point until they were at the end. It's a difference in how our brains are wired. And if we know that, if we understand that, we can better not only interact with each other from a place of greater respect, we can also know as introverts, we're protecting our energy and our mind space. Let me just kind of ignore most of what you're talking about <laughs> until you get to the end. I was like like, oh yeah, okay, so I see you're talking about a lot of stuff, you're moving around, you're engaging, you're asking questions, okay, you're trying to figure out what points you want to make. Let me just hang on until you take a breath because by then you will have reached a point for me to listen to (laughs) that's worth paying attention to it's it's a different approach to how our brains work. But if we understand and recognize this is how our brains work, it takes the stress off of introverts trying to figure it all out because we're taking all of this in. But also it helps extroverts to understand the stress they're putting on us introverts because we don't need all of that. Just get to the point already.
0: (laughs) Which is why I feel like a lot of us detach ourselves because it's so much easier because it, it can be so overwhelming, so daunting yes. to sit here. And I feel like some of the conversations while people are talking in my mind, I'm like, da-da, da-da, Yes. Duh-da, 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 duh-da. And I'm like, okay, get here. Are we going to get here? And it's like they never get there. So you detach yourself
1: mm-hmm. and
0: you get Labeled, you do sometimes get labeled as stuck up mm-hmm. and antisocial. Yeah, and not being a team player.
1: Hmm. Yeah, very much, very much so, especially for introverted women of color. That is often the go-to, and that that type of stigma is not applied in the same magnitude to other quiet or less social people. And it's not that I have a problem with socializing, it's that this has nothing to do with the tasks that I have at hand. These are the things that I need to do to accomplish the job that you hired me for. Listening to your long-winded story about your cat has nothing to do with my job. So what are we talking about? (laughs) Like, what's going on here? But from that extroverted side, it's looked at as if you're not you think of how to best phrase this. If you're not willing to be in a space where you're engaging in all of these areas, then I'm not sure if you'll be able to gauge in any area. The problem with this thinking, besides the fact that it's absolutely wrong, is that many places then lose out on talent a lose out on people who are better suited to take on these roles because they're not always talking. They are able to observe what's happening. They're able to see these dots that need connecting. We're able to see these pitfalls and even these other opportunities because we're not always talking, because we're not always looking for stimulation. We can sit back and see the landscape of everything that's going on. So there's a a huge disconnect, and it's very frustrating Um, For us introverts, because then in order to, unless you're being very strategic with your introversion, it then becomes the honest is on you to pretend that you are someone else in order to fit in and hopefully get ahead. The problem is, even when you do that, one, you still may not get ahead. Two, you may get ahead, but you're still behind. And three, by the time you've done all of that, you are washing away These aspects of you that are the most needed in that space, that introversion, that steadiness, that insight, that ability to tap into deep with mastery a topic to see all of these different facets. That's what an organization needs as you go higher and higher. But if we're so busy keeping up airs, as opposed to actually doing the work, you miss out on all of that.
0: Yeah, it's like imposter syndrome
1: yes yes and you think that's i think that that is one of the key things that plays a factor especially for introverts is that i don't it's not that intro that imposter syndrome is not a real factor because it absolutely is the ramifications of it's absolutely real however If you are in a space where you are so aligned with who you are and how you show up in the world, that does not become an issue. The issue then becomes on how do I take what I already know I have to give and I know my world needs, how do I best get that to them? And that it's a small shift in focus, but that small shift in focus allows us introverts to move differently it allows us to move much more strategically without having to sacrifice ourselves or without having to pretend that we're someone else. A lot of that imposter syndrome is because we've been trying to achieve things in someone else's clothes instead of just wearing our own.
0: Yes, yes, because I went through a few years of imposter syndrome and I hated it it's it wears you low and do that particularly if you're single and you have your bills and you have your rent and your car note it's like okay I'm gonna do this in order to make the amount of money that I need to make because I know my lifestyle is Mm -hmm. a certain way um so a lot of people I feel like are imposters on jobs because mm-hmm. if you see them off away from uh, the job, they're totally different.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're yeah. They're totally different. And I finally, I had the pleasure and the opportunity to work for myself for many years as well mm-hmm. and travel. And I know that it's easier for us to create a niche for ourselves as opposed to fitting into somebody else's uh, book. We like to write our own book, so to speak. We are masters
1: of doing that.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, we can reinvent ourselves. Yes. And... I I don't want anybody who is an introvert feeling like you can't reinvent yourself or you can't make changes because we're constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. And, And when I read about you and everything that you've accomplished, I was like, wow. You did the dang thing. You. I'm
1: still on the path. I'm still unfolding, you know? Yeah. And I may let you finish that, but I want to chime no, in something. No, Go, ahead. Ahead. I was Go gonna, ahead. I was going to mention that it was so, I wanted to reiterate it and share my story around reinvention because it is so. We introverts are able, because our brains are always going and we're creating all of these scenarios and worlds and responses. We have already calculated out 15 different ways that things can go wrong, five, it can go right, and how everyone's going to respond to them, they had not even happened, <laughs> but we've already like plotted. We are masters of doing this, this is how our brain works, but to the point of reinvention, it, there is never a point that you can't turn another page and say, you know what? What if I was just that person in my mind? Like I have a vision of what I want to do or what brings me joy or delight. What if I just took a step towards that? What does that look like? You know, What if, what if I just tried this out and see what happens? And it's very easy for all that I've done. And even with talking about like honoring your introversion, even I had to go through that process of reassessing, wait a minute now, hold up, this is not me. (laughs) I had a successful career at an investment bank and I I did project management, I oversaw communications. Basically, I'm behind a desk doing spreadsheets. (laughs) All right, now you hear me, you hear my laughter, you hear my joy. Can you imagine me, just sitting behind in spreadsheets, not interacting with people, not talking with folks. I'm just looking at spreadsheets, might have some calls, might do a presentation, but none of that. It was killing me. But to your point, I knew that there were certain things that I wanted to do and accomplish, and this was one of the steps towards that. Now in the doing, <laughs> I kind of like misplaced myself. Like when you have glasses on top of your hands, like where are my glasses? Where? I know they are just, and they're just right there. That was my self, not even my self-worth, my self-image. What I thought of me got misplaced because I became so focused on, okay, I know if I want to, I want to move to New York City. I'm born and raised in Texas. I want to move to New York City. I've got this new hot boyfriend. Um, We're going to go this way. Okay, so I need to find a job because I don't know anything about New York. I'll just take this one little thing, it'll be fine. Six years later, I was still there and like literally dying. And it took me having that moment, like, wait a minute, none of this is what I want. (laughs) Corner office, high rise in New York, investment bank, nice roomy apartment, nice life, money to travel, mm, all the things, miserable. My health was failing, I couldn't focus, all just falling apart because I wasn't owning who I was. And it took me, basically falling apart to say, hold up. Okay, I know that I'm supposed to be speaking on stages. I know I'm supposed to be writing books. I know I'm supposed to be traveling, not because it's for work or just for like a couple days. This is supposed to be part of my existence. Me looking at these stupid spreadsheets that I don't even like, that ain't it. That is none of those. So something needs to change how can I get back to that vision? How do I get back to that step? The answer for me was to join this public speaking group called Toastmasters, Toastmasters International. I don't have any problems with public speaking. I've been doing it since I was in single digits. I've been on stages in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. I've been, I have been—I don't have a problem with that. What I needed was to have a space where I could shine, where I could use my speaking skills, where I could hone engaging and going to different places and meeting people who understood what it's like to be in that life. That was the outlet for me. Still had my job, still doing all of the things that were the antithesis of who I am and who I was supposed to be. But simultaneously, I'm finding that outlet finding that outlet gave me kind of the roots to be able to then grow and apply to this other space until I could leave. Now that was, let's see, my son is like 12 now, so that would have been like 10, 11 years ago. So in that time, I still had to transition. I still had to ask myself, okay, what are we doing? Like, Like, what is this about? This ain't it. And it also took having not even the courage, because it wasn't a matter of courage. My entire department was wiped out. I had my plan in place. All right, Lord, I just finished up this this leadership on uh, this board of directors. I'm giving myself one year and one year, I'm gonna save up, I'm gonna get my contacts in order. I'm gonna have my stuff together then I can gently leave. No, it was eight days after I made this commitment. I was literally hit by a car as I was crossing the street with my child So that's on the back burner, that's not happening. Didn't want that to happen. Now I'm talking to you, we're fine. But the fact that I made that commitment, knowing that there was something better on the horizon that meant for me to change everything, having my plan in place, still didn't work out the way I wanted to, worked out perfectly not the method I would have chosen nobody wants to get hit by a car to have their grand no. epiphany no one wants their department wiped out <laughs> like some, oh you came in nice to see you you know what you're out of a job and so is everyone in this department including your boss and your boss's boss have a nice life nobody wants that <laughs> best thing that could have happened because it forced me to then go back to the drawing boy I said that this this me that I saw in my mind, this is true. These things about me are true. How do I take the step towards that without sacrificing myself? Because in that space, and that job, they gave me all the things to tick off the list. I was sacrificing myself. I wasn't seen. I wasn't heard. I wasn't respected. I was not that to myself. Forget the outside. Forget what the outside people. I couldn't see myself, I couldn't hear myself, I couldn't respect myself because I wasn't in a space where I was honoring myself. So because of that, I had to force myself to see, I had to force myself to hear, I had to force myself to respect me first. And if I'm going to respect me first, that means I can't play down being an introvert. That's part and part, I'm black, I'm a woman, (laughs) I'm a mother, and I'm an introvert. Amongst the other things that I am, those things will never change. So if that is true, and it is, what do I need to do so that all of me comes forward, that all of me goes into the next chapter? And it was like, oh, let's see how this goes. I don't know if this will work, let's see. And fortunately, opportunities began to unfold. But it... I share that very long winded story just to make the point that even if you were on the track and you life just got you off on a different path, because you need to do what you needed to do you took the next best step. The next best step was meant to be a place of transition, not for you to stay forever so it's never too late for you to then say you know what. This is not where it's at like some I don't know where I took the wrong turn but I'm not on the path that I need to be, what do I need to do to get back to that? Do I need to turn left? Do I need to turn right? Do I need to just get out of the car? Do I need to walk a bit? Do I need to like stand on the side and hitchhike? Like what do I need to do to get back to that? You can always go back to that question. And when you take that step, it opens the path for everything else.
0: I feel like you're ministering to me right now because i reinvented myself i told you when we spoke uh when we initially spoke i reinvented myself i started this journey um the end of october beginning of november i want to say november the first maybe so this is my last reinvention for this, but it's going to, if God says the same, continue to morph into something bigger. Uh, But it's going to stay in the same vein Mm -hmm. of um, mental illness and breaking the shame and stigma of mental illness, particularly in our community. And I feel like if we keep on teaching one another and helping one another we will get so much further because so many things that we take and turn negative a lot of it is a blessing some people might look at being an introvert oh that's a curse no, I enjoy my alone time. Thank you very much. You know, I feel like, yeah. and I do tell people, you need to get to know yourself because Absolutely. we know who we are. And it's a thing that, particularly in these, the COVID time right now, a lot of people are reinventing themselves, leaving corporate America. Uh, and I think. A lot of introverts probably have taken over YouTube, you know, (laughs) TikTokers and all of that. Because (laughs) I'm like, oh my goodness, social media is something, and I feel like we're probably going to have more introverts due to COVID or some form of social anxiety. Something is in the works for for that to come about um and they'll probably be calling you in to speak to these people um yeah because a lot of people confuse social anxiety with introversion
1: yeah they have nothing to do with one another
0: <laughs> <Totally separate laughs> completely things.
1: unrelated same thing with shyness nothing to do with introversion
0: <laughs> nothing at all and I just feel like we just need to continue to have these type of conversations to educate um, our people. I I mean, I I can't make it any clearer than that, because that is like, you were called to teach introverts, to educate us about introverts, because you or introvert yourself and you have done like some awesome things i i like i said i was like what how many books 26 books is it 26 yeah roughly yeah (laughs) it's a lot (laughs) and I, i i traveled a lot as an international consultant i was like 20 countries i was like wow And I think that people who listen to this will take something away from it, if nothing else but courage. If they take nothing away from this, is the courage to be true to yourself and know that there's nothing wrong with yourself. You know? Absolutely. We live in a, rough world as it is and we all need to stop being so hard on one another and especially ourselves and give Mm -hmm. ourselves some grace along the way and so true and it was a pleasure having you here my fellow texan
1: (laughs) yeehaw (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Born and raised, <laughs> we are five or six generations deep.
0: <laughs> uh, I would tell you uh, it's I'm a Texan. I've lived in upstate New York in a few other places and in North Carolina, but you know, uh, once a Texan always a Texan absolutely and on that note, um again, I wanna thank you for coming to join us today and I appreciate you and I will leave all of your information in the description box below your email address your insta your twitter your facebook and your website and um where they can find your books one of your Mm -hmm. many books And is there anything you want to share with us prior to us closing out?
1: My final word to be that introversion is not a flaw to fix or an obstacle to overcome. It is an invitation for you to live deeply and impact greatly. So embrace your awesome and do it.
0: Thank you so very much, Jacqueline. We appreciate you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Like I always say, we're going to get through this one podcast at a time. Hopefully, you will find a bit of hope under one of your layers and realize it's not your fault. We have to stop the shame and stigma of mental illness. And one way we can do it is by tuning in and asking others to tune in as well. We can make a difference. Subscribe to Mentally in Pajamas and receive new episodes when they're released. And join my Facebook group, Mentally in Pajamas, as well. All the links are located in the description box below. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, I'd love for you to leave a review. Reviews are one of the major ways that podcasts are ranked. It really does make a difference. Thank you again for joining me, Eve Fox, during another episode of Mentally in Pajamas. Hashtag, it's a mental movement.